Everything once hidden will be revealed. Everything. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. That's Jane Goodall, and she is using the same number that's Dennis Meadows, a professor advisor to the World Economic Forum, the same number that the Georgia Guidestones use, that there need to be 500 million people. That would mean that 6.5 billion need to die and no future people need to, well, be born, at least not in any real numbers. That is in hour two. We'll explain that. In hour one, <laughs> they're starting to say some other things, right? Right out loud, right? Where everybody can hear them say these things, right where people can observe them. So I'm going to shoot straight. Uh, the perception of a lot of between a lot of young people is that there is an untouchable ring of governmental and economic elites in this country um, that not only benefit, like she mentioned, but actively participate in sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, Jeffrey Epstein was an example. Uh, Robert Kraft was arrested not far from here on on, on trafficking charges, and and so we, um, in terms of this as a grassroots movement to push combat against this issue. Um, are, are these power players a priority for us right now? Can we even touch them? Cindy McCain sat and listened very patiently in her black sweater and leather pants and give her credit for that. And then she answered. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now... From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We decided fair is fair. We get to be the partner of the week at the ToddHermanShow.com. Go there to get the t-shirts. It's the second time we've made these available. The first time, a thousand. Um, you were kind enough to buy a thousand of them in one day. That was at a live event. They're now online on the front. The only need we take is to the Lord, two separate choices of lions. And on the back, the ToddHermanShow.com. I believe it says the Emerald City XL. I'll have to look at that too, but I know it shows the ToddHermanShow.com. That's um, the purpose of this, 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 this podcast today is it's almost two parts. As I said in the five minute focus, the second part is something that grandpappies used to say when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And as I began to do show prep and think about what is it that I think is important to talk about, I started to read about Cindy McCain. Because something caught my eye in terms of uh, she wants to spend her time confronting sex trafficking and stopping it. And if that's truly in her heart, well, God bless her. God can use a whole bunch of broken vessels. And I don't know Sidney McCain. I just have observed Sidney McCain through politics. And, and like me, she's a broken vessel. Perhaps I'm more broken. Probably am. 
And when she was asked this question about sex trafficking, the response she gave was on one end, refreshing. On another, it opened up a great deal of, of curiosity in my mind and then instantly filled that with answers. There are things that the elites know that we don't know. I'll be interviewing in the next few weeks um, a new friend of mine who helps people with seven-figure incomes uh, decrease, in le- very legally, by the way, decrease the amount of taxes they pay. And I'm saying that Boris does this in a, he's done it for decades in a super legitimate way. It's complicated. Uh, There's very few people who can do it the way Boris does it. But he's the guy that people with seven-figure incomes go to to say, hey, Boris, um, how is it that I could get close to, let's say, zero taxes? Well, that's what Disney does. ABC. All the big companies play this game. All these revenues... And then no taxes, even as they pretend that they want to pay taxes and everybody should pay their fair share. And that's something the elites know. I have a friend of mine who's far from an elite. He's, he's far too grounded and based and, and far too good a person to ever be an actual elite. But he's made a huge amount of money. And he's done it as almost a sole proprietor. It's basically him and a partner. Although my friend does the bulk of the work, the partner puts in the money. And he told me one time how he shields his companies from taxation, from being discovered so that people have no idea who he is. Because in the business in which and it's, not a, it's not a business that harms anyone. It's nothing like that. It's not drug dealing. It's a perfectly legitimate and legal business, but people find it distasteful. It's, it's not it's, it's not the check cashing business. I'll tell you, it's patent trolling. It's what's called patent trolling. I would argue that it's patent protection. I would argue that he works on behalf of small inventors who have legitimate patents, but get stepped on by big companies. He shared with me the steps they go through to put these companies and organize his life in such a way that he pays almost no tax legally presents it to the IRS. Here's what we do. And furthermore, he can stand up a company and have offices around the world in two to three days. That's something he knows that he's observed the elites doing. There's a bunch of things the elites know that we don't know. Some of it's very, very simple. Your money can work for you. Rich dad, poor dad. That's, that's, and that's a relatively simple thing. What's your money doing? Is it sitting around or have you put it to work? Do you think of your money as an employee? That's how truly rich, financially independent people think of their money is, what's my money doing for me right now? Like we think of an employer. Hey, where are your kids? It's midnight. Where are your kids? It's midnight. Where's your money? What's it doing for you? So to suggest that there are things that the elites know that we don't know is folly. There's a great book about Disney called Disney Behind the Ears. Disney for years had a strip club right there, right there in Disneyland, the friendliest place on earth. They had a strip club. It was like a Playboy club. Well, how could you find it? Well, you had to know it was there. Right there in the Magic Kingdom. 
Go upstairs and, and there's women scantily clad serving you drinks on the friendliest, in the friendliest place on earth. But you had to know it was there. That, and who knew that? Elites knew that. There's, there's all sorts of signals of things. You know, there's, there's all sorts of, of, like, I'll give you an example. There was a restaurant I got to frequent in San Francisco, not on my money, but on the money of the company for which I worked. And eventually I came to know the owner. And it's a very famous restaurant um, in North Beach. And I, I came to know the owner. And one day um, I was talking about how it had been busy. We couldn't get in. And he goes, oh, just ask for chocolate cake. I, what are you talking about? He goes, just ask when you're, you're trying to get a seat. If you don't have a reservation and you drop by, say, hey, by the way, while I'm waiting, is there any chocolate cake? If you ask that question, we will give you a seat. We, we will make room. I mean, if you're a small party, if you're 20 people, we can't do that. But if you're bringing a date by, just say, is there chocolate cake? And someone will say, I think there is this evening. And they go and, and bring in a new table and a couple of chairs for you. And you get a seat and your date gets to watch them do this for you. So there's things that the elite, no, by the way, there is chocolate cake there. I did ask that. What if there, is there actually chocolate cake? He goes, what? I go, do you actually make chocolate cake? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's chocolate cake. It's not in the menu, but yeah. I mean, if you really want the chocolate cake, sure. So there are definitely things the elites know that, that other people do not know. Well, why would they want to keep them secret? Well, I mean, part of it is access. You know, you don't give up the secrets to the VIP lounge or how to make sure you always get a first class upgrade because then everybody has it. You, you, you don't give up these secrets, but those are just the simple secrets of life. Cindy McCain asked a question. She's being asked her question about sex trafficking. So I'm going to shoot straight. Uh, the perception of a lot of between a lot of young people is that there is an untouchable ring of governmental and economic elites in this country um, that not only benefit, like she mentioned, but actively participate in sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, Jeffrey Epstein was an example. Uh, Robert Kraft was arrested not far from here on, on, on trafficking charges. And, and so we, um, in terms of this as a grassroots movement to push to combat against this issue. Um, are, are these power players a priority for us right now? Can we even touch them? Or is this a pipe dream that we need to address in the future somehow? You know, it's like everything. Um, you know, we, we, it hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing. But we had no one that was, no um, uh, legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him. For whatever reason, they were afraid of him. All of a sudden, someone said, BS, we're not afraid of you anymore on what you're doing. It's not only wrong, it's illegal, it's, you know, all those things. Um, it's, it's like a house of cards now. It's going to start tumbling, believe me. And these guys, if they don't leave the country, number one, uh, they're going to get caught. And they're going and, and they, not only will they get caught, but they're going to be made examples of. And that's exactly what we should be doing. Uh, with these guys, especially, um, in my opinion, if you know, I know there's questions, but uh, Epsi's a chicken shit for doing what he did. <laughs> he should have faced the music. That one, he should have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And I apologize for the language. I'd forgotten that was in there. I'll be honest with you. It's common knowledge. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was common knowledge. It was common knowledge when a television reporter got the Epstein story. And when she said, hey, I've got the goods on Epstein. And I want to run this piece. And she had the piece ready to go. And she took it to her editors. Thinking, oh my gosh, I've got. I've got the. The story. And they spiked it. They wouldn't run it. Now, now why is that? They knew. She said that people were afraid of Epstein and that law enforcement was afraid and that for whatever reason, um, they scared, he, he scared law enforcement. And then she'd said that at some point, something changed. At, at some point, something shifted. At some point they said, okay, well, we're no longer afraid of you. So now, now we can do something about it. Does that sound accurate to you? that something just shifted or was there a risk reward analysis here of, Hey, um, Jeff Epstein, he's a pedophile and a rapist and we can't seem to make this go away. Oh, Oh, there's a black book. Oh, that's right. There's, there's a client book. Well, there's that, and then there's Ghislaine Maxwell and the client book. And you charge two people with sex trafficking minors that is arranging for men, presumably men. I would insist, given what I've read about Ghislaine Maxwell's involvement in inflicting sexual desire upon the bodies of children that I would, I would opine that it seems clear that Ghislaine Maxwell did that as well because Jeff wanted her to, or maybe because she enjoyed it. But what about that book? You've convicted, well, one guy convicted himself by getting suicided. Ghislaine Maxwell has not yet been suicided, but there's that book that, Wait, are they afraid of the people in the book? Because Sidney McCain had said something flipped and, and, and they were no longer afraid. I, I thank Sidney McCain for her work on this. But does that sound reasonable to you that now that book exists because, hey, if they're not afraid of Jeff Epstein, are they afraid of the other people in the book? Well, yeah. When Matt Drudge had the Monica Lewinsky story, it had been spiked by, I think, two Mockingbird media outlets. People had this story written and they came back and said, no way. We're not running this. Matt Drudge ran it. And then he was very smart about what he did with the Drudge Report. And the rest was history. And now Matt has sold it and the Drudge Report is a mess. Or at least the rumor is Matt sold it. So they knew. But speaking of Epstein... There are things the elites know that we don't know and they don't want us to know. This is Melinda Gates talking about Jeff Epstein. 
right here. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein Did exactly you? one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. So you hear the divorce agreement. That's my assessment of that. You hear the divorce agreement. Melinda will not answer any questions about Bill's relationship with Jeff Epstein. She can answer questions about how she felt about Jeff Epstein. But listen again. Pass the question, listen again. And there is a suggestion here. And to me, it is a perfectly rational suggestion because there are things the elites know that they don't want us to know, except they can't help but tell us because it's no fun being a psychopath if you don't get to tell people what you're doing. If your plans are so grandiose and your ideas are so magnificent and your intellect towers so high, like far above the Tower of Babel, if you are near a Godlike in your ability to conjure monies and income and to purchase all things. Imagine how tempting it is just to give the, the world a little taste of your greatness. Listen again to her, uh, her response here. She says something else. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things, but I did not like. Uh... It was not one thing. It was many things I did not like. All right. Jeff Epstein was a rapist and a child sex trafficker. What else was he? And what else was on the way when it became time to deal with Jeff Epstein? What else was coming? I just feel like I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> we talk about stuff like this. Um, one of the reasons that we do this show the way we do it is to be able to take a topic on like this. And I'll be, I, look, it's not, it's not that I would be told you can't do that topic in radio. It would be just, the weight of people constantly. Well, you're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conspiracy theory. Anytime you break out of, hey, R, R versus D, 
Uh, anytime you break out of analyzing a New York Times story or a uh, Washington Post story, anytime you get into your own analysis of something, even if it's just trend mapping, like we're doing, it, it's, it makes people uncomfortable. And then there's the tune-in factor. It's important, and I get it. We did drive time radio. We needed to be every 15 minutes we switch topics because that's how you build the drive time radio show. That's just the nature of radio versus a podcast. The other reason was to put God at the center of this. And you heard the way I started the show, I hope. Funny thing happens when nations create their own gods. And what we did is we cut off what was, to be honest with you, a five-year agreement that was being offered that would be five years of basically guaranteed income. And I'm not complaining. I'm happy. The Lord has blessed us with your presence here, the presence of great partners. And so we put this on our shoulders. So we made ourselves the partner of the show or the partner of the week this week. But it's fair. The partner of the week status is you get the, 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 the bumper announcement. Then you get this. The ToddHermanShow.com is where you get t-shirts for the show. It's a way to show that you're a listener. It's a way, more importantly for me, to open a conversation about God Almighty. Wow, cool shirt, a lion, and the only knee we take is um, to the Lord. Explain that to me because non-Christians might say, why a lion? Why not a picture of Jesus? Why not a picture of the cross? Oh, the one of the shirts has the lion and the cross. It's an opportunity for you to explain, hey, you know, it's not just Jesus, Right? Not to say just Jesus, but God also has this personality called the Lion of Judah. And incidentally, the Lord Jesus will come back and this time he will judge. So that's why the t-shirt. And where do we get it? Got it from a podcast I listened to. Gives you an opportunity to say on the back, it says here, the ToddHermanShow.com. It's a podcast I enjoy. If you're curious about these things, it suggests that you get one too. You go to the ToddHermanShow.com. The store link is right at the top of the page. And get as many shirts as your your financial situation allows you to afford. That might be none. It might be 20. The ToddHermanShow.com. Jeff Epstein was a eugenicist. Jeff Epstein had it in his plans to reseed the world using his sperm and the eggs of lovely, beautiful young women because he could. So he didn't intend to do that, you know, obviously, except that he was creating a lab to do this in Arizona. He was purchasing land to do this, buildings, he had gone out and met with scientists who share the eugenicist dream, maybe not necessarily of populating the earth with a bunch of young, a bunch of young babies with his sperm, but eugenics, eugenics to, to be the people who become the new intelligent designers. Do you remember this? that one of the key advisors to Klaus Schwab has announced they will be the new intelligent designers. Not, not some, you know, fairy man in, a, in an elf suit as the way they think of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Savior of mankind. That they will be that. What rolled out this past two years? An mRNA injection. What did they do with that mRNA injection? Just like Epstein did with the bodies of children. They stuck it in people. 
the timing is incredible. One of the key key proponents, some of the key money behind modifying mankind in his image, not just by reseeding the earth with his sperm and his genes, not that that's not wicked enough, but by changing the structure of our DNA. And you speak of super racist, that's exactly what they seek. It's the same spirit as Margaret Sanger, but it is now on a massive and industrial scale. And it's not voluntary. They don't want it to be voluntary. One of their challenges is people live too long. One of their challenges is there's too many of us little bugs. That's one of their big challenges. Abortion can't keep up. They've lost the argument. They've been losing the argument for decades. Abortion can no longer keep up. It's not killing enough people. They're unhappy that there's this many people. There's things the elites talk about that they don't tell people they talk about. Now, it's not like I run around with elites. I have some friends who have money that that puts them straight into the elite status. My friends with that money know the elites talk about these things. They've heard the conversations. And I'm very, very, very happy to say that some of them are loading up to fight this. And when I say loading up, I mean in, in the, 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 the area of $100 million or more to fight against these ideas. Very pleased to see that. Very honored to be asked to have any hand in that, even a small hand. So there's things the elites know that we don't know. Now, you take aside the mRNA, because we talk about that a lot. You know that there are tests that show... When I say tests, I mean actual physical experiments that show that the mRNA um, in the case of Pfizer, which was the one they tested, reverse transcribes itself into your genes. It's part of you. You have been transed. You've been transhumanized as a first pass. But let's shift back to this talk about sex trafficking. So Cindy McCain is asked this question about the elites. And she's asked this question about what they view and, and is, is it possible to go after them? And, and to refresh your mind on her answer, she effectively said, oh, sure. Yeah, we all knew that. Now, take Cindy McCain, who is in the elite. She is a party member in good standing. God bless her for going out and fighting against sex trafficking. I want to I believe fully that this is a huge passion of hers and she's going to commit to this and that she's seen things. And, and a couple of questions arise. Why didn't your husband do anything about this? He was United States Senator. Why didn't he go straight to a TV network and walk in and say, I need to talk about Jeff Epstein? If y'all knew, why didn't he do that? When the plea arrangement was made with, um, with the guy who used to work for Trump, Alex Azar, which is a scumbag agreement, absolute trash agreement. And another indication that when President Trump runs again, because I think he's gonna, I pray to the Lord on my knees that someone will get in the way and help the president understand the true, true nature of the swamp. Azar gave this deal to Epstein where he could never be tried again. 
And it's not a double jeopardy thing. I mean, in terms of even if new information came up and he didn't tell any of the victims, they never got to speak out. It was disgusting what they did for Epstein. Why? They had him. Why'd they do that? So when McCain became, John McCain became aware of that, why Cindy McCain did he not run to the cameras? Why didn't you? You could get on TV anytime you wanted to. Now, you have come to an awakening. You've come to realize you're going to do this. Maybe that maybe John held you back. I don't know. But why? That's the top. What does the party agree on in terms of schools? To whom did Mitch McConnell just give hundreds of um maybe well it's hundreds of billions of dollars? Who who the school unions? Now, they'd say it's the National Education Association giving it to schools. No, no, it doesn't go to schools. It goes to the people who run the schools and they do with it as they please. Now, what are they doing with it as they please? There are things the elites know that we don't know. It is very, very normal in some elite circles that you pay for sex. Very normal. There are things that happen in elite circles that that you and I would find utterly bizarre. Like the the idea of a man hanging out in the woman's bathroom, that's still to us very, very bizarre. To some of these people, it's 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 not the least bit strange. There are different moralities around different people. And I've told this story before, so I won't say it. I won't, I won't spend a lot of time on it. I got called in to do a last minute speech in New York at this very fancy club that a lot of media people hang out at. And it was an overnight thing. Literally, we need you to jump on a plane and be here. Like we need you to leave now, come you know, overnight and give a speech in the morning. We, you've got to close this deal for us. So, okay, fine. You guys get me a, a seat I can lay down in and I'll try to get some sleep. I do that. I fly, I get like you know, two hours of sleep on the plane. I get there and I've got to shower because I've been on the stupid plane all night. I get into the shower. I take a shower and I come out and I'm drying off and there is a woman. And I'm not saying some man pretending to be a woman. I'm saying there is a full-fledged naked woman standing next to me. She walks out of a shower and she says, hi. And I, I just, what? What? She goes, and she laughs. Oh, <laughs> you didn't know? You didn't know? Well, I didn't know what? Oh, yeah, these are co-ed. You didn't know. That's so cute. Now, to her, that was perfectly normal. She wasn't the least bit bothered that some dude at that point, 150 pounds extra weight around me, bunch, you know, and a ponytail, a goofy looking ponytail is sitting in, you're standing in, in there, it drying off. And it didn't bother her in the least because that's her world. That's, that's the world she comes from. There's things the elites do and know that we don't do and that we don't know. Those of us who have skirted the circle, who have seen the cocaine mirrors come out at parties, who've seen the young girls arrive all at the same time. So weird sitting there in the W Hotel with a bunch of tech executives. The second the mirror came out, it happened that a bunch of young girls walked in to the hotel room. This massive suite this guy rented. Incidentally, the guy was a heck of a nice guy. So when we've walked the edge of this stuff and we've seen these things and I start to put this all together, now I start thinking about those monies going to the school unions. And what is very normal to a lot of these people? <laughs> well, sexualizing children is normal to how many? What percentage of them? I, I, I have to believe it's a small percent. I have to believe this. I, I, I can't believe it's anywhere near above 5%. But if it's 5%, 
and they're cloistered into the top 5% of money and power, what if it's 30% of the top 5%? Well, that changes the calculus. Doesn't it change the calculus because of the things they can do? Have you watched globally as sexualizing children has taken off? Have you watched globally? It's a top-down effort everywhere but China and Russia. Everywhere else, it's a top-down effort to sexualize kids and wait until you hear this TikTok video. Wait until you hear this because we're talking about from Cindy McCain now to behaviors being normalized and pushed and environments being prepped. There are things the elites know that we don't know. So, hey, I'm sorry if I body shamed when I was talking about <laughs> having that woman walk into the shower. Um, <laughs> it was just such a bizarre experience. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of that place, but it was in a, it was in a Soho. And yeah, I, 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 was, I was sort of not, I guess it was body shaming, wasn't I? I mean, I was body shaming myself. That's a really harmful thing to wear around your neck to be ashamed of the body God gave you. It's really, it's a very powerful negative. And sometimes it sneaks up on us. Ha, I'll share with you something I've never told another human being except for the person to whom I spoke it. Um, and it was my coach, CrossFit one day, and we were doing gymnastics. And I love the stuff we were doing before I blew my shoulder up. Oh my gosh, you mean I'm going to be able to do rings? I'm going to do ring muscle ups. I'm, wow. And I'm starting to get, oh, not good, I'll never be good at it, but I was enjoying it, starting to get some of these things done. But my gut flopped out. And I'm 150 pounds lighter than I ever was. But my gut flopped. And I told my coach, I said, I, I got to change real quick. She goes, what? I go, I'm going to put on a wrestling single. She goes, why? I said, you know, I, I, just, I don't want people looking at my gut. And she said the sweetest thing. She goes, did someone body shame you? I said, no, I, no, I just body shamed myself. She goes, that, that makes me feel sad, Todd. And she said, you're sure no one said anything? And no, no, no one did. Now, I still don't like parts of myself, but I'm 150 pounds lighter. And I don't carry it around. I am fine taking my shirt off and jumping into a pool. I'm fine taking my shirt off and jumping into the lake. Hanging around on rings, not fine. But 99% of things are better. We take a personal inventory and really determine when was the last time you really wanted to do something, but you said people will watch me. Number one, I hope that you will realize that you only have your God, your, your, that you God in, in, in heaven is the only true audience about whom we need worry. And he loves us. Flaws and all. Like us to stop sinning and he loves us. But if it's stopping you, if it's a roadblock, say to doing something together as a husband and wife, something important. Will you take care of that? The partners I use are Soda Weight Loss. They're healthcare providers. They'll provide the food, the meals, the support. You'll work with the nutritionist. They'll tell you how much unwanted fat you'll lose in what period of time. That allows you to plan for buying clothes, which is fun. It also allows you to plan financially. 
My wife is on the program, loved ones on a program, and countless now listeners have joined up to this. SOTA stands for state of the art because they are. It's SOTA Weight Loss, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. There are things the elites know that we don't know. There's things they do that we don't do. The um, TikTok phenomena. TikTok is an app that you could say is created by the Chinese Communist Party. Truly. Because a business of that size has to have permission of the Chinese Communist Party to do what it's doing. Which is to operate at the level they're operating. And the amount of data TikTok collects on people is extraordinary. And there are, in fact, Republicans and, in fact, some Democrats who are concerned about this to their great credit. And they are looking to have TikTok shut down in the United States and have the app banned. And what they want to do is go to the app stores that allow it on their platforms and ban it because they feel it's a threat to national security. And I think it is. It gathers people's faces. It gathers their voices it, it tracks their offline activities. I'm doing this by memory. I know about the faces and voices. Tracks their offline activities, as I recall. It tracks their contacts and contacts of contacts. Um, it can track their keystrokes and, and typing behaviors and times they type. And it is amassing such a wealth of information on young people. It's because it's primarily young people. Keep this in mind that if you use a DNA app to, to find out if you're part Scandinavian, that stuff is largely, largely being purchased by the Chinese Communist Party. They want to know every detail about the DNA of people on the American continent, which is weird because did you know China still won't use the mRNA injections? Did you know that? In China, they still refuse to use the mRNA injections, which those are the miracle drugs. But they want to map our genome, the genome of people in North America. Now, why would that be? Why would they want all that? So this is a TikTok video talking about TikTok, which is always interesting to me. But this is a woman talking about the placement of videos of children on TikTok that people would think are just, just the most innocent thing in the world, unless you have gone down this dark, dark path. When I started to watch in the separate country of Seattle, when I started to watch pedophilia being normalized, Maps, minor attracted persons, when I started to see the map flag show up about five years ago at Pride Month, Day, Week, Year, Decade events, when I started to see parents taking their children to Pride events where men dressed as dogs pulled around on leashes with their, with their male genitalia flopping down below them, and kids watching this, when I when I saw this picture, which has now become iconic, of a man dressed in an animal fetish outfit, which is he's he's dressed as a dinosaur, but his tail's on the front. Yeah, he's dressed as a friendly dinosaur, but it, but his tail is on the front, comes out of his pelvis where his male parts would come out. And look at all the kids having fun handling his his tail that comes out of the front of his body like his male part. And all the knowing grins of all the adults. Oh, it's so cute. The kids think they're playing with the tail, but the man thinks. When I started to see that, I started to investigate this and said, what? This is how, how can parents not see this? 
so much has been so normalized. And when you get to the elite circles, so much is normalized. It's only so often that you can walk into a DC bar and look over in a corner and see a, a very powerful lobbyist, you know, um, having a very intimate dinner with a very young employee and it's way too intimate and it's way too long and the glances are way too heavy and they leave way too late and way too close together. You see that too many times that you begin to understand. I see there's a different morality here. So this is this woman and she's talking about TikTok and parents who put up pictures of their kids and they suddenly get a massive number of shares. If your children are on social media and you haven't heard the story about what's going on with Ren, you need to listen up. Ren is three and she's absolutely adorable, absolutely adorable. Her mom posts lots and lots of videos and they have 17.3 million followers on TikTok, which I had a hard time wrapping my head around. It's just videos of a toddler. What moms are noticing is how many times these videos of Ren are being saved. I'm not sure if you can actually see this when my icons show up here, but this has been saved 10,000 times. This one of a three-year-old in a crop top has been saved 45,000 times. Ren eating a hot dog at a fair 375,000 times. Then people started noticing what happens when you type Ren into the search bar. All these searches come up and that's obviously the top searches for this thing. Um, most of them are gone now, but some of them were like Ren scandalous outfits. She's three. One that still pops up is Ren Pickle. People started noticing really disgusting comments that men were leaving and um, they got really, really upset about it. Now, I'm not going to post any of the really disgusting comments, um, but I did notice that somebody posted this. She is so mature for her age. And I started thinking about why was this comment bad? And then I realized I actually posted a video of my own daughter on my TikTok. My daughter does not have a TikTok because of all the disgusting things that happen on TikTok. But my daughter was doing the 321 bang challenge and I posted it. And I got this comment. Your daughter is kind of cute. Not gonna lie. Hey, Seuss. I thought that comment was innocent when it was posted, but it's not. And then I realized that the video of my daughter had been saved way too many times. So I removed the video and then I went to her Instagram page, which is private. And I found accounts like this that were following my daughter. My daughter is 12 and a half. The issue with all of the saves and the follows are that people are watching your children and doing disgusting things. <sighs> Protect your kids. The name of the account she mentioned is Fun Testicles. Following her daughter's private account. Now, I'm not doing the thing where the conspiracy guy gets in his room and pins to the wall a bunch of news articles and draws together a bunch of strings. I am doing societal pattern analysis. About a decade ago, a top-down effort began. And it was to attack children. And in the past eight years, it has gotten very, very serious and very, very obvious. They're attacking children's notion of self. And this has to do with the transgender lie, which is perceived as a sexual thing. Who wants permanent children? 
who wants beings, neither male nor female, unable to get pregnant? Who can't experience orgasm in sexual pleasure? Who wants that? Well, there are people who want there to be far fewer human beings, and they want it, in fact, to be to, to, to cull the herd by 6.5 billion people. There are insanely wealthy men in the Pretzker family who pretend to be women who want kids mutilated in this way. They themselves are, in fact, men who pretend to be women. We have an HHS assistant secretary who is a man who pretends to be women, a woman who has pledged to spend his power and your government money to trans street kids because they don't get access to these drugs. Same thing is happening in Canada. A power broker in Canadian government is making it his personal obsession to trans a bunch of street kids because that's why they're on the streets because they're in the wrong, they're in the wrong body. There's a global effort. It began, it began about six years ago to have kids watch, na- not naked, but men who pretend to be women perform sexual dances and parents laugh and they giggle and it's all been productized. Now, who's super good at creating a marketplace desire? Interestingly, the global elites. We are, in the West, consumer-driven. They're the same people who created a need for things like a spork. They're the same people who created a need to have more painkillers everywhere. Pain is the fifth vital sign. They're the same people who have folks standing in line for the new version of a phone that comes out every year. They're the same people who have folks binge watching TV and and videos that's replaced family time and church time. They're the same people that's created these desires that we, we must fulfill these desires. They're the same people that would say, live your best life now, build your own garden of Eden. They've marketed this. The people for whom this is mainstream have marketed this. That's what we're watching. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing it now reach down from the people who fund the school districts and by which I mean the school unions. We're seeing it pressed down into mainstreaming of society, mainstream these kids. You are now taking the, uh, the, 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 the sexual flesh desires of very sick, very powerful people and you are pushing them down into the minds of kids. It is a massive psychological and societal change and you're watching it. And there's only so often I can beg you to get your kids the blank out of these schools. You do not have any ability to be more dominant in their lives if you keep them in these schools. To ground them in what God has taught us about sexuality, that their primary identity must be, I am created by God Almighty, wonderfully created, wondrously and wonderfully. God Almighty knows the hairs on my head. God Almighty 
has given me a recipe for how to live a long and fruitful life. God Almighty sent his son to die for me. I am this. I am these important things. I am not someone's toy. My body is my own. And eventually it is my husband or my wife's. It is not my teacher's. It is time for us to teach kids. Any adult who comes to you to speak of things sexual is your enemy. They are, uh, they are someone from whom to run. No authority figure in your young age has any reason to ever talk with you about a sex act. We have got to give them an architecture in which to stand. Kids are so, so precious and so gullible. It's part of their preciousness. It's part of the fun of seeing them expect Santa when we know we're Santa. Or the Easter bunny, which for some reason to me has always struck me as more ludicrous. Somehow I can believe in Santa, but a, a bunny? And part of that credulity is the magic of childhood. And think of the timing. When kids are at their most suggestible, is when parents have to be at the center with God. But slowly and surely, and on a planned and mechanistic and industrialized basis, media, academia, tech, and the medical establishment are supplanting us. None of them, none of them belong there. God gave you your child and your grandchildren. There are things the elites know. And they don't want the rest of us to know. But what fun, what fun comes from being a, a power broker if you don't brag about your power? If you don't from time to time let the truth slip. In hour two, it's almost an extension of this, but with all, all new material. All new material. When someone shows you what they are, believe them. Hour two of the Todd Herman Show. I get it. I know these are heavy topics. I'll try to lighten it up later this week, but this is what was on my mind. Please do visit thetodhermanshow.com. In the meantime, go be well, be strong, be kind. And you know that phrase we say, the full armor of God. Would you please go read that? If you need to, just use Google. <laughs> well, they'll actually send you to the real place. Please read the full context of what it is to wear the full armor of God.